You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. We weren't going to submit a child uh, to the threat of death. This was very forward-looking in their time. So we all, this has been primary. As important as this mitzvah is, we know that health considerations in terms of loss of life, the possible loss of life, were always paramount. And a person could spend his life being a, a kosher Jew, a wonderful Jew, but unfortunately being an RL because al halacha, we wouldn't allow him not uh, to be an RL. Is the source um, for that from motion to Torah in the desert waiting for... Okay, so Alicia, there, there is a lot of of famous Rabbi Nachman in, in Yuma says, since you, you're bringing this up, that when Sipora uh, is, uh, you know, cuts Eliezer's Orla off, or Gershon or Eliezer, I think it was Eliezer's Orla off, that, and somehow that saves the day, um, the Rabbi Nachman is, is uh, learns that not like we have from Rashi, that Moshe Rabbeinu was the one who was attacked. Rechanan quotes the, the tradition that, uh, that uh, Eliezer would die, that Eliezer himself was under the threat of death, and that she is able to save him. And Rabbi Rechanan uh, suggests from there that you see that not having a bris properly and pushing off a bris brings possible death to a child. And that's the reason what you saw from, from Sipora. Sipora actually saves Eliezer's life. So that is what Hanano says is the reason ultimately, and again, this is a, this is a Rabbeinu Hanano that I only became familiar with. Um, I should have this. Because it's an aspect of the Kuach Nefesh. In other words, uh-huh. the reason why the Torah says, is because not just it's because the Torah knew that Shabbos needed to be pushed away, despite the fact that there's a tikkun and it's considered a melacha on Shabbos. It's not just a kilkul; it's considered a melacha. It's considered a tikkun. That tikkun must happen because the child could die if that. In fact, it's that was one of the makayrus that Rabbi Lazar ben Azaria in Yuma brings for the principal pikuach nefesh. The fact that we mal on Shabbos is because we're trying to save the child from this din shamayim, as we see evidence, because it, it, it sounds, it, it sound, in other words, Hanano felt that it was silly to learn the Gemara al pipshat. Well, if one aver of a person were machal Shabbos, for sure to save the whole body. Well, yeah. But maybe the Torah is just telling you they want bris milah on Shabbos. They say to do korbanos on Shabbos, right? So is that a proof that you're supposed to be machal Shabbos for everything? No. The Gemara actually does attempt uh, a type of connection from korbanos, right? Because the Gemara wants to say that. Uh, so, so to answer your question, it's definitely an area that needs to be examined. Um, here was a situation uh, that came to the Nehda Behuda. Now, um, you can see it's Madur Tenyona. He's already ensconced as the Rav of Prague and one of the premier posts. Chuba Lachveira Huvai Ha'olif Ha'teirani Ha'muflag Moreno Abnasano. 
Nighty Beauty is not a chosid by any stretch of the imagination, but I still want to start here. It says, I'm not sure what this is. I should know. <laughs> but what, all I know is, is that um, he says, I got your letter yesterday. Um, but he says, I've got to leave early in the morning. <laughs> um, so therefore, I'm going to answer you quickly. I love these chubas because they tell you how hundreds of years ago, Rabbonim understood, you sent me a, a shayla, I'm going to answer you as soon as I can. Um, and it isn't like, oh, he answers his emails right away. The night of Behuda, the Chsam Seifer, they'll always explain when they got the letter and if they didn't answer immediately, why they aren't. And in this case, I'm answering it I got it yesterday, and I'm answering it today, but I've got to, since I've got to get on the road, I'm, se- I'm sending the letter here with someone else, but I got to keep it short. What was the Shiloh? Fine. A baby couldn't have his bris because he was ill. And now he is healthy. And the doctors, whoever around, say he can have a bris. Father says, Pesach. He says, Look, it's going to be Pesach soon. It's going to be Erev Pesach. I'll wait. Why am I going to wait? Because who's whispering in his ear? The Bechorim don't want to fast. I guess there weren't people in this ever town that were finishing the Sechtas that they were part of. And they figured, Hey, you got a bruise coming up, just push it off. That was the question. So right away we see a child. Now, again, this is not pushing off a bris of Yom Shemini. It's putting off a bris that we know is not going to happen on Shemini. And it already makes us have to think about the difference because we know, you know that the mitzvah is every day. Every day the child could have a bris, you're mechuyiv to give him that bris. You're not supposed to push things off. We know that. There's got to be a reason. So in the, in the, in the question that was brought to Nehemi Behuda, obviously you would never push off a bris B'yom Shmini. In, in this case, B'yom Shmini couldn't have the bris. But now the question is, maybe we should push it for a couple of days, or who knows how long, till Erev Pesach. Yeda, the Nebuchadnezzar writes, Kidavar Zehu Maisim Meguna Maod, Vahashoisa Mitzvah. For a mitzvah not to happen immediately is an ugly thing. Afil Biyam Amila Atzmo, Shekova Yem Kosher, Afil Ochi's reason Magdimin La Mitzvah. Even uh, now, again, this uh, question is not, it's not so straightforward. It is true that we try to have the bris as early as possible. But let's say, for example, the, the grandfather can't come until it's later in the day. Let's say you can have more people coming later. So even though you have Zrizin Magdiman the Mitzvah, that you show you love mitzvahs and you want to do it earlier, but the mitzvah, it can be done in a way with more people, with more honor to the, the family. There'll be a Dvar Torah said, which wouldn't happen if it was done earlier. So here the post can actually say, that this, if the mitzvah can be done better, Zrizan Magdimin is, is a hider in all mitzvahs. In other words, what does Zrizan Magdimin mean? Does Zrizan Magdimin mean it makes your mitzvah better? 
or does it show that you love God in every mitzvah that there is to do? If you say it's the second way, your bris milah was, no, was not inherently better. You happened to get a brownie point for something else. And you could have had Zrizus on, on a, a number of options. Even though we learn out Zrizus Magdimon Mitzvah, possibly from Avram Avinu's uh, Maisim of Brismila, it could be Zrizus is not really an essential part of the mitzvah itself. Uh, it's, 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 it's a plus. So what do you have here? What two values? On one hand, I have the, the plus that I showed God I love him and I want to do the mitzvah as quick as possible. On the other hand, I could do this mitzvah much better. So maybe if the mitzvah can be done better, and if it can be done better if it's done later, so you do the mitzvah later, even though you don't have Zerizus. Now, the Neide Buddha is writing, though, that without a reason, you don't push off the mitzvah. And for sure to say, yeah, we'll do it tomorrow. Now, the argument is, wait, it's not Yom Shemini already. Come on. Shekvar nitches mizmana. Mikomakom says that the Nebuda tov kol, Mikomakom shuv kol yom azmanahu. Every day is the zman. And since every day is the zman, so therefore, you should, you're being mavatel, basically you're being docha. I don't know if it's a bit of a mitzvah, but you're being docha mitzvah. Now, this uh, this friend of the Nerdi Behuda, this Nasanel, obviously did something more than just ask the Nerdi what to do. He told them, <laughs> You told them that you can't do the Mila. <laughs> this should be a mem. Asartem, Shaloy why? Mitam Shereisa, it should be. In other words, you actually went further. You told those people, not only can't you wait, but if you do wait, I'm not going to let the bris happen. The bris should not happen. Wait, the kid needs a bris. Yeah, I know. You could have done it yesterday. You didn't want to do it yesterday. You wanted to do it today. You waited till today. You're not going to get it done today. Why? Because you saw that this was an etzas chatoyim shobacharim delemali. These guys were so desperate to have a nice meal that they whispered in your ear something that was usser. Now, v'yamarta, you said to them, sheyeshuigzor mitam pamacheres shem yishayet. So even though it turns out that a kid, in other words, look what the psak was. Not only was the psak not to wait, but even if you did wait, not to allow the bris. Don't let that bris happen. Because next time you're just going to do it without a reason. And all of a sudden people are going, when people are going to start pushing off when it's convenient for them and without any reason whatsoever. So therefore, I'm not going to let you uh, fulfill your evil plan to push it to Erev Pesach. He says, what could happen is, is that people are going to do what? They're going to decide to push off the bris whenever it's a bris shalei bismana. 
What are people going to do? They're going to wait till Erev Shabbos. Why would they wait till Erev Shabbos? The reason is obvious. <laughs> Anybody that's preparing for Shabbos knows this. You'd want to push off the bris because well, I got to make two meals. Erev Shabbos, I'm already cooking Thursday night. I already got stuff. So we'll have the bris Friday afternoon and maybe the Suda Sabris will be a Friday night meal. We know, by the way, that this was the historical reason why so many weddings occurred on Erev Shabbos. This was actually an aid that the Rishonim uh, seemed to agree with. And it was done throughout Europe. It was, almost, uh, it was almost universal in all the poor areas to have the chuppah on Erev Shabbos early. But this way, the wedding feast could happen on Shabbos. And this way, the, you don't have to pay for, as they say in Hebrew now, ketaring. You don't have to pay for the ketaring a second time because you're going to have a Shabbos meal anyway. So people are going to do that. Noiri Biuda writes, or he says, that is going to be a problem. Because people are going to specifically wait till Arab Shabbos when it's a Milashoy Bismanai, and they could come with a Chilul Shabbos. Um, now, um, he ruled that when you have a Milashoy Bismano, that he's better on Thursday. He says, We know the Balamor explains that a person should not take a trip on a, a, a cruise or someplace he thought he wanted to go starting from Thursday on because it's, you're already in Shabbos mode and you know that trips lead to Chilo Shabbos. Not that you want them, but you know that once you're on that boat or you're on that caravan, you know that there's going to be some Chilo Shabbos that's going to happen, not because you want it to happen, because you're going to be forced to. You cannot begin an event that's going to lead to you a, a case of Ones, Chilo Shabbos, on Thursday. You can, Balamor says, you're allowed to start that trip on Tuesday, even though the trip's going to be long enough that it's going to go into Shabbos and you're going to have to Machal Shabbos. But once it's already in Shabbos mode, don't do an event that you know will lead to a Chilo Shabbos later. So based on that, Rav Shimon Ben has another reason to push off a bris. He says you can push a bris off that it was Shalei Bismano, and now it turns out it's, the baby gets better, but it's now Thursday. He says you should push the bris off until Sunday. And that's the background you need to know to understand it. It says... <laughs> And so does the Shach. The Shach also argues with the Rashbats and says, even though you know there's going to be a Chil Shabbos later, and it's Milo Shalei Bismano, right now you do this mitzvah. Now, that is a situation where um, that's a situation where it happened to be he was better on Thursday. There I would agree. Do it. But for the way you guys are doing it, that you want to wait till Erev Pesach, which might be a Thursday, or whatever it is, that's also. 
Now, so that's why the Neidibuta was against waiting. He doesn't say that you're over in Yisra Daraisa, but he says it's Maguna to wait. And he also says that it's, it's clearly shows a lack of respect for the mitzvah. Um, and if such a thing happens, he wants to stamp it out. And he agrees with his friend, Rav Nasano, that you take, you, you issue a psaq that's even counterintuitive to make sure none of this stuff could ever happen, that we, that we decide to arrange a bris on the day that we want it to happen. Now, the next thing he says, of course, is an interesting thing, which I'll read to you anyway. He says, I'm not even sure if the Bechorim are allowed to eat at a Suda Bismana on Erev Pesach. Even when it comes to a Suda Bismana, the Mogan Avram says, a Suda is somehow greater than a Suda Bismila. Um, so therefore, he's not really sure if uh, it, it would make a difference. So that is a, a Psak coming out of Prague um, about a Mila Shaloi Bismana. And um, for practical reasons, don't push this thing off, even though you think it's going to be great for the Bechad. Okay, that is that. Stuff. The, I guess, one of the most prestigious students of the Nodi Behuda, Rabbi Lezer Flakeless, who, I don't know, if he didn't succeed his father, his Talmud, as Rebbe, as the, as, as the Rov in Prague, but he was one of the Dayonim, and he was a posek. And he was the author of a sefer called Tshuva Me'ahava. Tshuva Me'ahava. I'm going to keep my answer to what was Lahalacha. You paskin, my, my Talmud mayor, a person doesn't need to give up more than 20% of his liquid assets on a mitzvah iveris. Now, the mitzvah iveris that we were talking about here is Mila B'yem Shmini. And he's going to question whether it is a mitzvah iveris. Now, the Gemara uh, happens to uh, discuss Tanoyim, who spent a tremendous amount of money. But as, as Rav Meir pointed out, the Gemara says not that Rav Gamliel had to pay a thousand zoos for an esrik. Remember, 200 zoos kept you going for a year. That could pay for, your, that could pay for an Isha's expenses, three meals a day, and keeping her in, in, under home and board. If you spend a thousand zoos, that's, that's what could pay for a person's rent and food for five years. That's the amount he spent on his estrog. So Rav Meir said, the Gemara calls that a guzma. What you see from there is that most people don't need to do that and maybe should not do that. Now, you also quoted the Ramah, who says that even a mitzvah like lulav, and you're not going to get a lulav unless you give up 20% of your liquid assets, you don't have to. In fact, you quoted the Ramah's cousin, the Marshal, who said that even in a mitzvah itself, if by doing this mitzvah it changes your life, you're going to have to go work a second and third job. So that, even though it wasn't a lot of money, but from where you were, that is a lot of money. Now, the marshal says, you can let that mitzvah go. You are an onus on that mitzvah. That's the marshal's psaq who takes it further than the Ramah. 
Now, based on that, this Rav Meir wanted to say an Oni that has a son, look at the, uh, up on the board, Oni Sheeshul Ben Lamol, Ve'ain Moel Be'ir. We have a situation that there isn't a Moel in town. Why not? Kikulam Bishukabra. They're all in some marketplace somewhere else. The town doesn't have a, 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 a it's not a, a, a metropolis. It doesn't have yellow pages with a list of moel, or even one steady moel. Ein sarach lahotzi hotzos l'shloach achra moel. You paskin that he does not need to go and 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 spend what little money he has to pay for the moel to come. Laviu mimokam acher. Even though it'll turn out he won't get a bris. Because in three days, Molum will be passing by here. So the baby will be three days late. You could pay now and bring the Moel, or you could wait and you don't have to pay that expense of the trip. You proved it because you said the Marshal, and even the Ramos says, you don't have to pay a tremendous amount. Again, based on the Rishonim and Baba Kamadaptes, for a mitzvah, even though it's a mitzvah of Eres, for sure mitzvah's meal, it's not really overes. Why? Because hmm. you can do the mitzvah after Yom Ches. That was the Psach of Rav Meir. And he allowed this poor man to push off a Mila Bismanai till he could afford to do it. So he says, You should never, how can I even mention this? This is terrible. Now, the postkim are talking about, you're right, Sukkah, I can't deny that. You're going to lose, you won't be able to Makai Mitzvah Sukkah this year. Okay. But this is Kares in it. Miwa, it says, if a person doesn't have a bris, he's high of chorus. Now, right away you should be thinking, yes, there's chorus here, but there's not chorus now. And there's not chorus to the father. The baby is an adult, as the Rambam says. When he becomes an adult and he doesn't allow himself to have a bris, there's chorus at the end of his life. That's true. The Ravid says there's like a chorus hanging over him, maybe even beforehand. As, as, once he reaches maturity and he's able to understand that he should have a bris and he doesn't, there's like a chiyuv chorus on him, but he can remove it. But is he chiyuv chorus every day? Right? Would the, would the adult who needed the bris, does he have a new chiyuv chorus every day? So I don't think that's what Reflectus is saying. He's, and look at the words, the way he says it, everyone. Yesh tzad chorus. There's an aspect of chorus in it. Because it, 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 most mitzvahs say sukkah doesn't have any chorus in it. Lulav doesn't have chorus. Shofar doesn't have chorus. But, but this one does. This has chorus in it. This has chorus. So therefore, um, it's more chomer. So it's more chomer than, and he says, and if you're right, that if I have no money, maybe a person has an excuse for not doing the carbon Pesach. I'm poor. I can't afford the money right now. I can't contribute. 
He says, V'tover Tema. Did, did we ever see this idea that you're too poor? Okay, you're poor, you're potter. He says there would be another, if it's true, then it's a ptur, it's like an ones. So we should have a new, we should have a new Pesach Sheni situation. What about a person who was poor? He's like an onus. He can't, he's not mechuyiv to spend the money to be part of a Korban Pesach. And then he wins the lottery. So is that, would he give, would he bring Pesach Sheni? We never heard anything like that. So therefore, his assumption is that once you put karis into the situation, Miwa is not like other mitzvahs. Other mitzvahs, financial considerations are important. A person is so poor, he doesn't have to impoverish himself, but Miwa, you would. Is this now, related to having someone taking a loan, like Lovalai? So, 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 so this is important, what you're asking. What do we mean a person has no money, right? <laughs> there's, there's, there's options, right? There's, there's what you have in your bank account, in your checkings, in your savings, whatever it is. There's also your home and furnishings. You have nothing. We know that if a person welches on a loan and he doesn't pay, and the Besden says you have to pay, what we learn about is, is that Besden will say, okay, we want to see your house. We want to see what type of car you drive. We want to see, and we're going to strip you down and we're going to generate funds for your uh, creditor. That's not the case when it comes to mitzvahs, though. So we don't do that. We don't make you sell your house. We don't make you sell your clothing. We don't make you do that. It'll make you sell your comic book collection or your baseball card collection that you have stuffed up in your attic either. It'll make you do that. Okay. What? So can we tell you to work more? Can we tell you, okay, you don't have the money now. Go get a second job. That is called, and the, the marshal took this from the Rishonim, that's called being dochek chayov. <laughs> that's like accepting a new job, taking a new night job, uh, I'm going to be a night watchman. I'm going to flip burgers uh, at this at this place that's open till two in the morning. That's that's being dochechayev to go out there. You don't have the money now. That's not part of your normal what you do. That would be dochechayev. Now there's a level beyond that, which is shoel al apsochim, right? So shoel al apsochim is what you were saying. We should go out and borrow. Show up Sachem is even a higher madrega that we don't expect you to do. To become a Balchov, right? We don't expect that to happen. Now, you're right. Chazal say, you don't have money for Yantif, the beginning of second parak of Beitza, you know, love of Ani Poreya. Go out and borrow the money and, and, and I will pay you back. Okay? There you have a haftocha from, from, from God to do it. Otherwise, you would not do that. You wouldn't go and borrow money. Um, before you have to go out and borrow money, of course, there's another level, which is you go to the community chest and you say, I need money. I can't make Pesach. I can't do this mitzvah. Can I please have money from tzedakah? That is, again, a, a, a level that we don't demand. 
We don't demand you doing that for mitzvahs. Um, we don't demand you doing this on mitzvahs. The Raivad in Baba Kama quotes the Chazal that says, I say, shift the about the Tzarek Labrios. That yeah. m- making Shabbos, you're not mechuyiv to go and, and to the tzedakah, to the tzedakah organizations, even though they're wonderful. They don't make you feel like, you, like, like you're less of a person. And when you go there, uh, uh, they're they great. You don't have to do that. Two mitzvahs, though, the marshal himself knew you have to do that, which is Arbakosos and Ner Hanukkah. Right, the the Mishnah in, in, in the tenth uh, parak of Psachim that Ani uh, Yisrael has to go out, right? And we say the same thing when it comes to Ner Hanukkah that you have to go borrow money from Shemen, which is really the 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 lowest level, right? You have to do it. In other words, and, and you can see as he brings from the Lashon of Chazal and the Poskim Yimkor Malbushov, you even have to sell the stuff you own. To get near Hanukkah. So, how can, what makes those two special? So, Reflectless wants to say that Mila is for sure as Chomer as that. So, in other words, he, he wants to say that Bris Mila is more Chomer than, than Sukkah and Lulav. He's not even sure, again, he's going to be Mesupic about Sukkah and Lulav too. But he says, Mila is Yud Gimel Brisos, as, we, as I mentioned in my introduction. Shenichasu be Yud Gimel Brisos. So, therefore, because of that, it's more Chomer, it has to be more Chomer than, than, than near Hanukkah. And I don't care if you're going to be poor like anything. You need to go borrow money and sell the clothes you have to pay for the Moel to come. Maybe you want to say, he says, Maybe there's this concept called Pursume Nisa. Pursume Nisa somehow is able to, uh, is able to overcome these things altogether. Right? Pursume Nisa can overcome things. It's like greater than, than other mitzvahs. It doesn't, somehow, because you're being a farce in the nest of the world, the normal laws don't apply. Hmm. And therefore, uh, Brismila isn't Prasume Nisa. So he says, first of all, I don't think it's true. Megillah, there is Prasume Nisa about Megillah too. We know one of the reasons why you're Mavatal Talmud Torah and why you give Kriyas and Megillah. It's not one of the things Chazal say you have to go borrow for because normally it doesn't cost you money because usually the Megillah is in the Beisach Nessus. You don't have to own your own and you just have to hear the Megillah. So unlike Ner Hanukkah and Dawid Kosas, you got to do it on your own. So that's why it says it. But in terms of the significance of how it reveals to the world the miracles that God does with us, so it has the same pedigree. And we know generally you do Megillah first. But the Ramah writes in Tafresh Tzadi Gimel that if you, what do you do first in Shul if there's a bris? Do you do the do you do the bris first or read the Megillah? Megillah Kaidemis. Okay. That's a weak proof. <laughs> There's Tadir. What? It should be because Tadir. Yeah, there's more Milas happening, but right. But then he says that um he found in the Sefer Aguda, which is one of the uh, early Achronim, 
the tshuva, he doesn't quote the whole tshuva, but he says the question came up, and it, what happens if it's a bris on Rosh Hashanah? What do you do first? Do you blow shofar first? You obviously wait till Shachris is over, and you wait till Kriya Santorah is over. But do you do the bris first, or do you blow shofar first? So, there's a machlokas haposkin, what to do. So, most poskin paskin, that you do the bris first. What was the reason? And the Sefer Agudet quotes an ancient tshuva from Rabbeinu Ger Shemur Agola, two generations before Rashi. He said, the reason why you should do the bris first, because im ein mila ain't ki ashofer ba'olam. Just like we say, imlo brisi, if there's no Torah, chukah shemayim baritz leisamti, mila is part of that same bris. The same way there's a krisas bris between us and, and, and God for Torah, there's a bris for um, Mila. Mila even precedes that. And therefore, Mila comes before Tkiyar Shofar. Now, some say the reason why we do that is to have the schus of bris Mila before we get even further judged by God. But what Fleckless wants to zero in on is the idea that Mila is not just, oh, there are 13 brisos. It's the essential connection we have with God that makes all the other mitzvahs possible. And therefore, um, he says, based on this, he wants to explain why, again, you have a case mentioned uh, in, 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 in the halachos of Pidyan Aben that's uh, quoted by the Shach. A baby that got better and could have his bris, but now it's the Zman of Pidyan Aben because it's now 30 days. Which one should you do first? On one hand, right, you could say, Chaviva Mitzvah B'Shaita. Now is the time that Pidyan Ben could happen. It couldn't happen before now. Or do you do the bris first? So, what's, what's the rationale? The rationale that the Shach gives is that you need to do um, the bris first. Why? Because if there wasn't a Kaboah Sabris, if there wasn't this idea that Avram Avinu enters in this covenant with himself and his children with God, then there won't be any mitzvah pinyon Aben anyway. So, you see from here that how important Brismila is, and therefore, it's doche, it isn't just Tadir, Elisha, it's the fact that Mila is primary, just like it is by Tkiyashofer. Mila is almost like the linchpin of everything. So therefore, because of that, as far as you have to go for, for, for Dalit Kosos and for Ner Hanukkah, you have to go the extra mile for Mila as well. Um, and, and as he says, that you think that by waiting, um, you, you want to get a Moel that's going to do it for cheap, the, the guy who's going to come in three days from now. You're going to be over and I'll say, that's for sure. Um, and, um, and the truth is, is that even though you're going to tell me, well, it's not like the eighth day, that's for sure you don't have the eighth day anymore. It's not Zoriz. But Mila Shalei Bismana, 
there's a, there's, it's like the Ase creates an Isra every moment. That is what reflects Tainan. Um, now, that is the, uh, and therefore he basically um, wants to push the, uh, the, he says this Psak was 100% wrong, and therefore uh, of Brismila. That was the Psak of Herbelezer Fleckless. Uh, which I, I, I agree, I, it's not the only uh, opinion on this. There's obviously people who disagree. But he says um, this was how important he, he treated Prismila. So his Rebbe gave a Hashivus, Chsidim <laughs> became prominent. Okay, here was the question that came to the Avni Nezer. The baby is essentially healthy enough to get the bris. But one of his legs is crooked. A rofe, who is an expert, says that right now, since he's just born and the limbs are so um, elastic, as it would be, so easy to, to, to move around, we can now put a cast, gufsen, we can put a cast on him because his bones are so soft and pliable. But if we wait, the doctor says, then the bones might harden already once he's already seven, eight days old. And according to the doctor, he might end up being a, a person with, who's going to have a, a, a limp and, and maybe worse. If you do, and again, the Shiloh came in, uh, the, the person who asked the question used the Yiddish term for operation, which, don't be surprised. You know what the Yiddish term for operation is? Operatia. Operatia. <laughs> the operatia, right? That's not, uh, it's not from Puccini's operatia. It's, right? It's Verdi's. The operatia. So if you do the operatia, what's going to happen? He's going to, like we do it now, it clearly is going to weaken the child and you won't be able to do the bris on the eighth day. So maybe, once again, is this a reason to push off Mila Bismano? If we do, if the doctors say doing it now gives the kid the best chance to have legs that are, the two legs that are straight and a walk like a normal person. If we, but doing this means to me was the bris is not happening, Bismano. What do you do? So the first thing the the the, um, the Nazar writes is, or from Bornstein, he says, "In my if they're right, then dover borer the mutter asas operatia. Why? Totally against reflectless." And the spirits of, of the Neidah Behuda. Right? No. I'm a chosid. He's a Rebbe. It's a mitzvah say. Oy, chashushiv, a mitzvah say. Bismillah. says, we know that when it comes to sukkah, to lulav, if, if it's for you, a tremendous amount, a hoin rav, is it 20%? Is it like the marshal? You're just going to feel the pinch. You're going to have to take another job. Whatever it is, mitzvahs I say, do not demand that. Koshke and Shua Yewen Balmum, 
That's for sure worse. What's worse? Being in a state where you don't have money and you feel like, oh, I have to spend so much. My life has changed. How about, a, how about the fact that his whole life, this kid is going to have to walk around called the gimp? That for sure. He says, college gain, a kid doesn't have to put up with that. You don't have to be mocker of that for a mitzvah. Okay, that's his first uh, heter. The second one is a typical Avni Nezer type of lumdus. He says that, think about it. When is the chi of Mila? The chi of Mila is only when is the rak baches. He's not chayiv now. So even fixing his foot is clearly a mitzvah kala. It's clearly, is it as important as a bris? Maybe it's not. Uh, first of all, it might be just as important in the sense that you wouldn't have to, you, you know, if, 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 if having the bris turns you into a, a guy with a, with a limp, you're not mechuyif to have a bris to pay for that. That's what he says. Now, secondly, even if you want to say that, that the bris is super choshev, like we saw from Reflectus, but right now there's no chiv on the bris. So right now you can begin doing a mitzvah because you're involved in a mitzvah, even though being involved in this means you will be potter and not being able to do a bigger mitzvah. So that would be a reason to do it now before it becomes. And especially the the, the, the says, are you sure you know exactly when he was born? Because uh, if, if you, again, people didn't know exactly when, when, when babies were born. If you don't know, and it's possible that you're not sure that he was born on that day, so then you have a heter mimonipshach. Because, first of all, you're not sure if it's already past the zman. Um, and Therefore, even if it's later, you might be able to do, to put on the cast because you're not sure. It could be this is Mila Shalei Bismani. And if it's for sure before the eighth day, <coughs> then there's no problem whatsoever. He says, don't do it on the eighth day. That is for sure. Don't put the cast on on the eighth day because then you already have a chiyuv. And at that point, um, uh, that would be a problem. It's coming head to head against it. But before, if there's a suffix, and definitely earlier, if there's no suffix, you would be, you would be, you would have no problem putting this cast on, even though right now you know you're pushing the baby's eighth day bris uh, into a different situation. Now, I, I can't leave this Abne Nazar without reading this last couple of lines here. Achim maskim if it's really the apparatia where they have to do a surgery, I wouldn't allow it. The This was, again, I, I, medical science has changed. But especially then, in the end of the 19th century, doctors were eager, right? We will operate Frankenstein, right? We will do this. We will open up the person. Now, Abinezer was cautious about operations. Now, they're saying, yes, don't worry, we can cure it. We know, unfortunately, stories where the hubris of these surgeons 
has led to uh, terrible results. So I, at this point, at least this shows you where things were holding at that time, they want to open them up. No, don't do that. But a cast, eh, they call it operation. It's not an operation. But what it is, is getting the body. It's getting, okay, you have to manipulate and you have to stick the, the, the cast on him. But that you can do. And that he feels definitely within seven days. And even, um, he says, Va'afim bishmini. He says, even if it is the eighth day, you still might have a heter to do it based on the fact that if we don't, the doctor says tomorrow might be too late, you still might be able to do it, he says, on the eighth day. You could actually do an act that you know is being docha the bris because he needs this because you don't have to become a balmum. That is the, the psak of the Avni Nezer. Again, Alicia uh, and, and, and Leon, if I would have asked you which is the Hasidish psak, Fleckless or, or the Abne Nezer, I would have flipped him. You would have flipped it. You would have gone the other way. You would have said, ah, it's the Chassid who says that you have to become poor, you have to give up everything. Here we have the Rebbe, right? The, the, the Talmud of the Misnagdim of the Hasidim, he's the one who was more machmir, and it's the Chassid who is actually more understanding and more makeup. I want to. So I, I actually think that the early Hasidus was viewed as the more makel compared to the early Litvish rabbinic well, establishment. Well, this is pretty late, though. I mean, I, mean, I understand, but I'm saying the idea Hasidus became known for Hermas later in their okay. you know, generation. But, right, but 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 even the philosophical who sort of has almost a Hasidish uh, mentality, and we have the Avni Nezer. I want to read to you now. The uh, psak, an interesting case from the from the Munkaj. I've put up on the board the shardaf of the sefer written by the great Chaim of Chaim Elazar Shapira, um, and uh, you can see when the Munkaj Chassidim published this, they republished it. It was published first uh, in 1921, a hundred years ago. The Rebbe was at the height of his intellectual powers, 50 years old. Um, right. And um, you can see that when the Sefer was republished, it was out of print, and uh, they republished it. You can see that in this, in the, uh, when the Sefer got reprinted again in the 80s, you can see the way it was heralded. He was the Ga'in of all the Ga'inim. He was the holiest of the holy. Okay, so I don't deny that he is powerful and his psalkim are important the Munkatra, but again, obviously, if it's when you're printing a safer from your own, you know, the one who represents your 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 brand, you're really going to herald it. Uh and uh his psalkim in the Minchasalazar and other places are definitely written beautifully and important and really represent uh, in so many places Khasidish Psak. Here was a sefer that he wrote on Hilchas Tfilin and Hilchas Mila. His father had written the Dark Tshuva, which I'm sure you're familiar with, is the sefer on Yeridea. 
uh, going simon by simon with a footnote. Again, it's sort of like a Mishnah Bura on, on, on Yoridea. A lot more, uh, he quotes uh, so extensively a very important sefer, the Dark Chuva from Rav Chaim Lazar Shapiro's father, Rav Tzvi, I believe. This was his sefer on Hilchas Tfilin and Hilchas Mila. It's called Ois Chaim B'Sholem. Now, this was the what he quotes here. He says the uh, the chida dealt with the following question: There's no moel in the city, but there's someone, and he calls him. And this shows you again the respect that was prevalent in the poskim. Lahagon mareno chida, zecher tzadik levrocha. The Munkatra spoke about this, this, this hero of the Sephardim as the Goyim, and he was. Hagon Chida. The same way Chochem Avadia speaks about him. That is the way the Munkatra uh, spoke about the Chida. What was the Shaila? The Chida Shaila was a place where there's not any Moyo, but there's someone who says, look, I never did a bris, but I learned it. Uh, and I've seen other people do it. I know what I can do. Send me in, coach. I can do it. So the Chidah says, he's the only one around. You know, I went to a minion today. They, does anyone know how to read the Torah? A guy got up there and he did a good job. Here, the kid has a, again, we're talking about a place, there's no moil, but there's a guy who learned the halachas. He watched, he watched Peretinsky do brisim. And he says, let me try it. Let me try it. Says the Chidah, Don't. Wait until you're going to bring another mail. I, it's going to be after Yem Ches. You're not going to take that chance. So the Munkacher wanted to know because it was happening. In, in Hungary, Czechoslovakia, in small little towns. In the Again, this was especially, I guess, true after World War I where who knows what was going on in these places. These small cities, they have moyolin, but they're not mufokim kolkach. They're not the best. And there were enough reports that things didn't go exactly right. Sometimes they did a cut, but they didn't cut enough. And then they had to come back another time, or someone else had to come back another time to fix it. Alicia, you live in Charleston. You guys have a, a regular moil. We always bring in a moil. We import them from Atlanta. Okay, so you're, you're right. This is you understand this, right? Yeah. Like, who are you going to get? Because sometimes the guy, the guy's got a flight in two hours, then he's gone. And then who checks the baby? Right? And that's what we do. And we had to, two weeks ago, we had to do a, a Mila at noon because he was driving from another Mila in the morning. He had, couldn't get here till noon. Right. So and he had to push it off later in the day. And he doesn't come back to check, right? So, nope. so what happens if, <laughs> right? These were Moyolim. They didn't have Atlanta expert. In. They had the Charleston Moyol, but the Charleston Moyol wasn't exactly perfect. Yeah. So therefore, the question was, um, maybe they have the right, or maybe they need to. They should take the baby, 
put him, you know, with the mother, nursing him, or whatever it is, we're driving to Atlanta for the bris. Maybe that's what we should do. Oh, maybe we know that uh, we can get the guy to come, but he's so busy, he won't get here until it's day 10 or 11. That was the Shiloh. So could you push off the bris because you don't feel the moil here in town is really the expert that this other one is. And in fact, this guy has had situations where he's had to come back, where he didn't do the best job. He is a rookie. So it sounds from the, uh, the tshuva, it sounds from, it sounds from the tshuva of the chidah that push it off. Sakana. So he says, I don't think it's the same, the Munkatra says. Ain with Moso. He says, first of all, he says, if you're going to say that we can do the mitzvah better and it can be done in a better mitzvah, there's going to be a problem. Im Neymar Kazeh Nimtza What's going to happen is, is that it's going to become a standard, acceptable practice. That even though there is a, a, a moil in Charleston, there's someone here who is the moil. He is trained. He's not the best. He's not perfect. He's not like the Atlanta expert. But it's going to turn out that no one's going to do the brisim over here anymore. Right? As, as, well, at least there's going to be people who want to be mocked, but on the best one. Or they're not going to do brisim in Charleston. Everybody drives to Atlanta for that. Olisa Lisham in Matinok. That's what the Munkatra didn't want to happen. These communities, listen to what I'm saying, the, the, um, the, the health of the community, the pride of the community, the normalcy of the community is, you know what, you don't get the same amount of expertise in Charleston as you do in Atlanta. Just the way it is. Okay, you're right. Atlanta's got better Moel. But this is the Moel. This is the Moel. What are we going to do? Say, oh, we don't have a Moel. Or are we going to say what? You know, we, this guy's got to train for five more years until uh, we really trust him. What's going to happen? Some people use them, some don't. Many aren't going to use them. They're all going to travel. Says, that can't be the psak. Look at that practical understanding of the health of a community that the Munkacher understood. This is the psak of a manik. So he says, and I'm going to tell you, Shaymer mitzvah of Yom Hashmini lo Yoda Dovara. He's telling people you want to go with this guy? Yeah, he's not perfect. But you're trying to do Yom HaShmini. Forget about the fact, what, what I read between the lines about the strength of the community, which is not so in between the lines, actually right there. But also, you're doing the mitzvah. Shomer mitzvah le'edavara. Here's Hasidus, by the way. Shomer mitzvah le'edavara. You're doing the right thing. You've got to trust in God. You're doing the right thing having Yom HaShmini. Now, what about the Pesach of the Chidah? Over there, you're talking about someone who never did a bris in his life. 
There's no one even achar boki, right? It's not like there's someone else there who can come and fix him up. So there's no moil in the chidah situation. And all there is, is some guy who trained in his mind and saw, uh, he did, he worked on dolls, you know, <laughs> or whatever it was, and anatomically correct dolls, right? That's worse. Here it's a chashash. But over there, the Chidoz case, it's almost a bari, it's a shkiach hezeka. Vein misha yasakin v'yashkiach. And it's not like they have someone there who knows what he's doing to help this guy out. Okay, that's why he said, you got to push a bris off. B'shvil zem mila, right? The third phrase is bidochit. But not in any other case. You can't be mavatol mila bishmini. He says v'zeh poshut. However, he's equivocal in a way. But if it turns out that the baby can't have his bris on yom shmini anyway, because he was sick, or for some other reason, or it was an Arab Shabbos bein Hashmoshos where you couldn't do the bris on Shabbos, you had to push it off till Sunday anyway. He says, then you don't get Yom Shmini. You don't get the mile of Yom Shmini. Once you get the mile of Yom Shmini, which he said before, Shomer Mitzvah Lo Yoda Dovara. So now, what would be the reason of doing it right away with the mole in Charleston? Would be Zrizan Makdimim. Because remember what we saw before from, from the Reflectless. He says you're over every second a mitzvah saseh. That's not what the that's not what he says. That's not what the Munkatra says. He says, No, it's not that I want to be Makai the Mitzvah say, I don't want to bitla say. I want to do it. So he says, if that's true, you know that. The Moyal Mumcha is coming in a couple of days, and you want to wait. And because your Moel is even on his own uh, admission, is not really a Mumcha, he's not as good as this other one. And therefore, that's enough not to depend on him. Ain Lismochaleim, look at the words here, Kolkach. That would be Kahai Gavna. I would say. Yesh Lomar, since he's anyway missing day eight, that he could wait. It's not going to happen that often, remember. It's not like the case before where all of a sudden the Moel in town loses his Parnosa and nobody trusts him. You're talking in a situation where, hmm, anyway got pushed off and therefore he decided to wait for the expert to come in. He says, there I think you could wait because you don't have Yom Ches. And therefore, he says, maybe that's the best thing to do. Tovo alav brocha. However, he says, yeshlomar, yeshlomar, that it is going to be strange, however. People are going to find out that he could have had the bris because he got better, but they waited for some moel mumcha yoser. Venimtza, It'll turn out that even though it's unusual, it's not going to happen that often, but anytime it does happen, each father is going to say, well, I'm going to wait for this Moab. And it'll turn out something else which is bad in the community. 
Vitoras Koechad Biodo. Everybody's going to be his own posek and decide, you know what? I'm waiting for this mo. Oh, I think he's the best. I think he's the best. So it's going to turn out like it is today, right? Who's the mo'el? You call up, you get a list. Who's the best molim? Pesach Kron, uh, his son-in-law, right? Who's number one? Who's number two? Who's the best? Oh, I'm going to wait for him. I'm going to wait for him. The Munkatra says that's weird. And it's probably, it's, it seems to be anti the way halacha should work. It'll turn out, um, the only thing is, maybe that's not going to happen. Um, do I have to worry about what some, that I'm setting a precedent? Do I have to worry that if I wait, the next guy who has a late bris is also going to wait and pick his moel? Look, Right now, you're in a situation where it's not Mila Bishmini, it's already after Zman Yom Shmini, and you could do it better with this other Moel. And it's definitely, in a way, safer to do it. Vyoser Batuach Bisakona. So he's sort of, like I said, equivocating here. Um, you, know, you know, the Abne Nezer was very direct. Uh, the Munkacher, although he shows here, I think, a, a, a tremendous. Um, practical sensibility, you know, I, I, I'm not 100% sure, really, of his, of his distinction. The distinction between, again, it's not really a sakana, it's not Hazeko Matsui, but it's still more batuach. I mean, this has a lot to do with COVID and, and vaccines and, and masks as well. It's not a real sakana, because this guy isn't terrible. He knows what he's doing. He's made a couple mistakes in the past. They could be fixed later. Obviously, the guy in Atlanta is a super bulky, and he hardly ever makes any mistakes, so it's more but duach. So uh, since it's anyway not day eight, I don't have the, I don't have the magic power of day eight. Uh, okay, I'm going to wait, uh, because not just because I don't want to do the mitzvah, because it's going to be better for the baby to wait. However, even there, he's worried that he could create a, a monster. <laughs> and the monster is, people are going to say, you know, well, I want him, I want him. And he says that, in a way, is sort of uh, a negative to the way we want a community to function. His last words on this is, <laughs> I guess, sort of helpful. He says, tzas <laughs> Therefore, he's not 100% sure about this. And therefore, I think you should probably do it properly. But yeah, I'm not going to 100% sure, but I think probably you could wait, if you've already passed day eight, as a way to push off the bris. I gave a real long share today. I want to just make sure it's a double shalom. Alicia, I know I've had you for a long time here, and Leon, I want to end with the uh, the Chelkos uh, Yaakov. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 